There we go. I have a confession to make. Originally, I was planning on continuing uh, a, num- uh, a roadmap of sermons through the Old Testament, particularly in Genesis. But given the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks, we've we've lost some incredible people last couple of weeks and I say lost if we live our lives the way we're supposed to we will see them again but in light of that I was inspired to talk out of Proverbs chapter 31 tonight and the title of the lesson tonight is the words of a mother to her son in Proverbs 31 we have the we have the inspired advice of a of a mother to her son. In the very opening of Proverbs 31, the words of King Lamaliel, the utterance which his mother taught him. King Lamaliel was writing these words. He was reflecting on, on what his mother had taught him. And we open up in verses 2 through 9 some general observations, if you will. You know those moments where, and we've all had them, where mom, grandma, they... You know, they take us to the side for 5, 10, 15 minutes. My papa used to do it at the fishing pond. And they would give us those little nuggets of advice, right? In, in verses 2 through 9, we have that. We talk, uh, we talk about wine, women, and song. And starting in verse 2, What, my son, and what, son of my womb, and what, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lamaliel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the uh, speechless and the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the case of the poor and the needy. Just some general observations, if you will, from a mother to her son. Wine, don't do it. Women, stay away. Song, yes, but make sure it's a song of sympathy for the poor and the needy. These are just words of general observation from a mother to her son. But then starting in verse 10, we see... We see a portrait being painted, if you will. It's a portrait that's being painted by a mother of a beautiful lady. And it's the kind of lady that she would want to select as the wife of her son. It's the type of lady that I would one day want my little boy to meet and marry. And as we study this portrait of of a beautiful woman, we find that it's also a picture of a mother. It's also the picture of a mother. Let's look at how this begins and then how and then how it virtually comes to an end. In verse 10, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? And then if we fast forward over to tw- verse 29, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. This is a this is a portrait of a worthy, beautiful woman, and it's the portrait of a mother. And as we study this portrait, we find that in reality it has two sides. It has two sides. It's unusual in nature because it's double-sided. And on this side you have the painting 
of a loving wife. So, starting in verse 10 through the end of this proverb, there's three things that draw our attention in Proverbs 31. First, attention is given to the way that this woman treats her husband. This is summed up. This is summed up in one word, and that word is faithful. Starting in verse 11. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. Now you look at how that verse starts out. The heart of her husband. The feelings of this man have bonded to this woman that he calls, calls his wife. And then if we add that next word, the, the heart of her husband trusts. This is a man that believes in the integrity of their relationship. This is a man who, uh, who revels in the, in the intimacy of her special touch. But if I read the King James Version of that verse, it says the heart of her husband trusts in her. Trust in her. Not just trust her, but trust in her. He's a man that believes and places confidence in her judgment in her character, he trusts in her. He never has to be concerned about where she's going, never concerned about who's with her, never has to give thought to what she's doing. She has his full and complete confidence, and that's because she's faithful to him. And then if we go to verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now this underscores the idea of her being faithful to her husband first she knows the difference between good and evil second she chooses good over evil third she selects good over evil for what for the sake of her husband and then fourth she does it all the days of her life implying that she will live and be with him and him with her all the days of their lives now drop drop over to verses 22 and 23 she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and, and purple. I find it very interesting that this portrait, the portrait of this lady that we're talking about, is halfway complete. And in reality, the chapter is two-thirds over before we read about this lady doing anything for herself. And yet, here, she does something for herself, but she does it in behalf of who? Her husband. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates. He's known in the gates. Why is he known in the gates? Because of her. When he sits among the elders of the land, he's known. Why? Because of her. A lady that's faithful to her husband. No doubt that's what Solomon had in mind when by inspiration he wrote in Proverbs 18 and verse 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. This is, an, this is an overall portrait of a mother. And so in the first segment of this thought, we find the mother of Lamaliel, and, and she's saying, this is the kind of woman that I would have for a daughter-in-law. I would want her to be a mother that gave the children of her husband one of the greatest of all gifts. And do you know what that is? You know what one of the greatest gifts a mother can give to her children? That's the gift of a loving wife to her children's father. And that's what we find in Proverbs 31. But this portrait, as we, 
as we study it and as we, as we turn it and we look at the other side of it, the back of it, there we find not just the portrait of a wife, of a faithful wife to her husband, but a mother and her household. And one word sums up the relationship that this mother has to her household, and that is the word first. First. Verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's a seamstress. These were articles of clothing. She willingly works with her hands. Now, if we compare that to verse 27, it says... She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not idle. She's a woman of industry. She's a seamstress. And then if we go to verse 14, she's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She's a frugal shopper. She, travel, she travels as far as she has to to get the best buy. I remember growing up... my. I lived with my grandmother growing up, and there was one thing and that was certain in Annie Ruth Carter's house. On Saturday, after she had worked outside in the yard all week long, and if you know anything about my grandmother, that was like from 7 o'clock in the morning till literally you could not see anything in front of you at night. Her hair took a beating. So on Saturdays, we loaded up, and we went to my Aunt Mary's house so she could get, as the kids, as the kids would say this time, get her hair did. She had to get that perm. So after three hours of her getting that perm and letting her hair reset for the week, we would strike out all across town. My grandmother, y'all, would drive across town to save $5. There was a point in time in my life where I told her I would give her my allowance money if she would just go to one store. She was a frugal shopper. Verse 15, she also rises while it is yet night. And we compare that to verse 18. And her lamp does not go out by night. My grandmother would say, early to bed, early to rise, makes one healthy, wealthy, and wise. This lady that we read about in Proverbs 31 would say, late to bed and early to rise or the work won't get done otherwise. She's a seamstress. She's a frugal worker. She's tremendously organized. And then finishing out verse 15, and provides food for her household and a portion for the maidservant. She's a woman of industry. And why? Underline the word household. In verse 15, she works hard because her household is first. The second thing that draws our attention here in Proverbs 31 is attention is given to her varying interest. In verse 16, she considers a field and she buys it. She's, she's in real estate. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She's a gardener, but not just any kind of gardener. She's a special gardener. She works in vineries. And verse 17, I don't know, is that the cue to hurry up? I think, I think Jerry's telling me, hey man, come on, come on. Ready to get one of those cupcakes. Verse 17, verse 17. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. 
She works out because you've got to be physically strong to meet the challenges of every day. Verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is good. She's an entrepreneur. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. She's an entrepreneur. In verse 19, she stretches out her hands uh, to, the, to the distaff. The word distaff carries the idea of one who mends. Now, earlier on, we saw that she makes clothing. Here we see that she mends it. She's a seamstress, and her hands hold the spindle. Verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's a social worker. She's a woman with a variety of interests. And why is that? Why is that? Verse 21, she's not afraid of snow for her what? For her household. Verse 21, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Everything that she does is with her household in heart and they come first. And thirdly tonight, attention is given. Attention is given to her beauty. It's given to her beauty. In Proverbs 31 and verse 25 it says, strength and honor are her clothing. Strength and honor are her clothing. Now those you think about those two things. Strength and, strength and honor. Strength and honor. Why strength? Because it helps her to be able to handle the changes of life that might shatter the hearts of some people. Why honor? It helps her to rise above the malignant, if you will. That's her clothing. What about her ability to give advice as a mother, as a friend, as a wife? Verse 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom. Now, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, both men and women, who have a lot of words. If you give them time, they'll show you. But this lady, her words are the words of wisdom. They're the words of wisdom. What about compassion, verse 26? And on her tongue is the law of kindness. She's a good mom, brothers and sisters, because she's a good person. And why does she strive why does she strive to be as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside? Verse 27 says, she watches over the ways of her household. Here's a woman of industry because of her household. Here's a woman of varying interest because of her household. He, this is a person who gives attention to her character, who gives attention to her counsel, who gives attention to her compassion, being faithful being beautiful on the inside as well as the outside because of her household. Her household comes first. There's a poem that reads, My mommy works at Royal Dutch because she loves me so very much. Little girls are expensive, don't you know? I do because mommy told me so. I'm extra special, don't you see? Mama wants a lot of advantages. For me she said i'm too young to appreciate her working early and late when i grow up i will see she did it all just for me she bought me new carpet for my floor she put a chime on my front door 
I have lots and lots of toys more than many other girls and boys. I have lots of books that I don't need because I'm too young to have that need. I have a big closet full of clothes and cologne that smells like a rose. Mama's not bought many vantages yet. They must be very hard to get. Mama wants only the very best for me. Advantages cost a lot, you see. I'd like to go for a walk in the park and watch the fireflies in the dark or have a picnic just for two. There's a lot of things I'd like to do. But Mama doesn't have the time. She gives me a nickel or a dime. Mama says I'm a lucky little girl. She loves me more than the whole wide world. And I don't like vantages real much. So when she's buying me two or three, I hope she decides that's enough and just stays home with me. In Proverbs 31, we're introduced to a lady who is telling her son about a woman who loves her husband and is faithful to him, who loves her children and puts them first. Now let's see how this proverb concludes. In Proverbs 31 and verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. And when you think of it, everything we've read about this woman, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't there be a precious bond between, her, between a mother and a son, a mother and a daughter? Because she has given so much of herself for all, putting them first. We could paraphrase this verse by saying, Mama, no one deserves happiness like you do. Her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 29, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Paraphrase, there's no one like you in all of this world. When we study through this proverb, this makes us think of a lot of people in our lives, doesn't it? This makes us think. It makes me think, makes me think of my grandmother. It makes me think of my wife. It makes me think of my stepmother, who for a large part of my life has done more for me than my own biological mom. And we associate certain things with these people, don't we? Words such as love and joy, service, reassurance. Happiness, care. And not only do we think, not only do we think of these people who are in our lives, we also think of these people who have gone on before us to be with the Lord, don't we? People such as Edna Tatch, Debbie Starling, Miss Bonnie Hutchins, Miss Mary Tomlinson, Miss Hazel Wren, Miss Frances Copeland, Miss Doris Black. Miss Marge Green, Aunt Bonnie, Faye Carter, Joan Reynolds, Annie Ruth Carter, Hilda Lynn, and Miss Beverly Kinsley. When we read Proverbs 31, we think of these people. And we can, rejo and we can rejoice, brothers and sisters, that one of the largest segments of script Scripture in Proverbs is dedicated to one subject, and that's mother. And so, as we close tonight, I would ask, husbands, 
whether you're here tonight or you're on the live stream. I would ask you to look at your wives. And I would ask you, I would ask you, not only tonight, but as many times as you get the opportunity, our wives, and so many that have gone on before us, they are the women that they are women that fit the characteristics of this lady that we see in Proverbs 31. And so we say to you, no one deserves happiness more than you. And no one is like you in this world. And by your inspiration, we say thank you. At the very beginning tonight, I told you I was inspired to do a lesson on Proverbs 31. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been honored to get to serve in two funerals. And Chuck did an incredible job singing in, in one, and Mr. Edward did an incredible job singing in the other one. And Marvin did such a phenomenal job speaking in both. And when we get together and we, and we lay people to rest, we get sad. But it's also a joyous occasion because those two funerals that we did, those two sisters, they ran the race. And they finished it. And if you're here tonight and you're not a child of God, We can't say the same thing. We, we put so many excuses. We make so many excuses of why we won't make that change in our lives. Why we won't make Jesus the Lord master of our lives. And quite frankly and quite honestly, as children of God, sometimes we get so far out there, we get on that, that, we get on that pathway to that narrow gate that's talked about in Matthew 7, and we're on fire for the Lord. And then what happens? We allow ourselves to get put on that other pathway to that wide gate that leads to destruction. We let so many things pull us from right and left. And so tonight you have the opportunity. If you're not a child of God, you can come forward and you can make that change. And if you're on the live stream, if you're at home, call us, message us. Let us help you with that. If you're a child of God and you're struggling and there's just something, some weakness or something out there that's pulled you off that path through that narrow gate, Come forward now and let us pray for you. Let us help you while we stand and we sing.